turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. There is a new video circulating on social media. It's online. It's from England, I know, but you know it's coming here, right? Drag Queen Story Hour, we hear it all about it. This particular video uh, is a dude in a thong hanging upside down in front of um, parents and their babies. That's who it was marketed to. Uh, This, of course, deplorable, demonic effort is proliferating in our country, Uh, We had one right here in Columbus that uh, good people stood up against, and uh, the show did not happen. That's excellent. Drag shows have existed forever. Um, There was not a movement to cancel them until they started trying to appeal to little kids. And the reason they are trying to appeal to little kids, of course, is because if they can make the deviant, the evil, seem normal, then they can raise a generation of kids Uh, for whom morality is whatever they individually say it is. So the actor Kirk Cameron is, of course, pushing back against this, and he has gone on a tour nationally of libraries, because a lot of times these drag queen story hours show up in libraries. He has gone on a tour of libraries, and everywhere he's gone, he has been uh, overwhelmed with people who come out and want to hear his children's book, about the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and understanding. Uh, But this does not mean that he is received by library personnel well everywhere, and such was the case in Hendersonville, Tennessee, recently, where Cameron does what Cameron does everywhere, which is respond to an invitation to come to a community, and then hundreds of people show up, and they... Listen while he reads his book, As You Grow, that's the name of the book, and then they get emboldened to realize that, hey, this stuff is out there. It's coming for our kids. we got to push back against it. we got to be aware. It's a rallying event. Well, the library director in Hendersonville, Tennessee, uh, tried to keep Kirk Cameron and other people who were with him, and the other people with him included... uh, Riley Gaines, the swimmer from Kentucky, who has been very uh, bold in her criticism of Will Thomas masquerading as Leah Thomas, the male swimmer who won an NCAA women's championship because the NCAA has no backbone on transgender issues. And another guest with Kirk Cameron was Missy Robertson, whose husband, I believe, is Jace Robertson of Duck Dynasty fame. So... Cameron shows up, the librarian makes everybody who wants into the event, first of all, he tried to move the event. The librarian said, "Uh, we don't have enough room here for all these people. You're going to have to go to a local church. And Cameron's like, no, I'm not going to go to a local church. I booked a room in this library. We've paid for it. I'm not going to have people show up here. Oh, sorry. You're going to tell them the event's been canceled. Sorry. You're not going to tell them it's at the church. 
We want to be in the library. We want to go where the evil is proliferating. We want to show you that libraries, some of them at least, can turn out an audience that exceeds that of the drag shows. Okay, so the librarian tried to get him out, made people stand out in the rain and the cold before he would let them in. And Cameron's not having it. He's built for this fight. Now, what I wanted to know is, is he coming to Columbus? Is he coming to Columbus? And I wish, first of all, I wish finding out where he's going was a lot easier. Come on, Brave Books. you gotta, you got to put it on your website such that a Google search or a DuckDuckGo search when you search for Kirk Cameron Book Tour actually turns it up. But I finally managed to find it. Here's the schedule. Henderson, Tennessee, I told you. Hendersonville, Tennessee. Uh, he was treated very deplorably. Um, and here's what he said about the librarian there and how he was treated. He goes, it's another example of another denial of availability turning into a revival. This was a beautiful gathering of people that are saying, we don't want this woke and broke ideology coming to our town. In a sense, I want to thank the disgruntled librarians for teeing up a local revival for us. Yeah, God has a way of taking the evil intentions of others and turning them into good results for him and his kingdom. If you don't believe me, you can start in Exodus with the story of Joseph. Now, where is Cameron going? Well, I'm sorry to say I don't see Columbus, Ohio on his list. On March the 17th, he'll be in Fayetteville, Arkansas. He's appearing there with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Can you imagine Mike DeWine? Can you imagine Mike DeWine taking a stand, going out, and reading a book to kids? I mean, that's not Mike DeWine has grandkids. Maybe Fran could make cookies. Maybe Fran could make a pecan pie. Don't wear your hard hat, Fran, or Governor. It's a bad look. No, Mike DeWine will not be doing it because he would never take a stand like that because he might get criticized by one crazy person on the Democratic side of the aisle. Kirk Cameron will be in Fayetteville, Arkansas on March 17th. He'll be in Washington, D.C. on March 29th. Oh, boy, that'll go well. The District of Columbia, where they just voted to allow illegal aliens to vote in local elections. Here we go. Scottsdale, Arizona, April the 14th. Tell my in-laws about that. April 29th, Wilmington, Delaware, Philadelphia, PA. Talking about going into the belly of the beast. May 6th, Denver. May 9th, San Francisco. I love this. All these places. Denver is super, super woke. San Francisco. Do I need to tell you about the feces on the street and the needles? Seattle. This is like a tour of the devil's playground, man. And July the 1st, it culminates in Washington, D.C., where Kirk Cameron says there will be a major announcement made about how people can get involved in this tour going forward. This is exciting. I want to hear that. I want to hear what that new detail is going to be. Here's the... uh, Here's the quote from Kirk Cameron, or uh, from the head of Brave Books. There's going to be something at the end of this tour that will allow every American to join in on this fight. Good, because we need to. Good, because we need to. In his defense, he was in Grove City. Oh, was he? At the Nazarene Church about, I want to say, maybe six years ago, because Ann and I went. Yeah. 
And well, it's it was way a before book. this book. Right. It was a different different circumstance. But yes, he was there. It was some type of marriage thing. And it was excellent. He's uh, amazing. And his sister, by the way, which I don't know why I'm such a doofus that it took me forever to put this together. His sister is Candace Cameron Bure, who has, in her own way, uh, been the target of the left because she doesn't want to be in love stories on Hallmark Channel that glorify LGBTQ ideology. So she joined the American Family Network. And hopefully Hallmark will go right down the dumper without her because she was decidedly the star of the Hallmark movies. I know I have three girls. I see at least 30 Hallmark movies a year. At least 30. (laughs) My girls may dispute that, but trust me, it's at least 30. Okay, yesterday, Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, in Congress, and Ted Cruz, himself a skilled questioner from a legal perspective, asking Merrick Garland, why didn't you do anything about all those protests outside Supreme Court justices' homes? Um, Merrick Garland tried to dismiss it, said, well, I sent 70 federal marshals. And that's not what I ask you. Here's some of that interplay. I sent hey, 70 let, United States marshals. Let me try again. Def- and let Have me- you, has the Department of Justice brought even a single case under this statute? It's a yes, no question. It's not a give a speech on the other things you did. The job of the United States Marshals is to defend the lives so of the So the answer ju- is no. Is to defend the lives of the justices, and that's our number one priority. They have Why full- are you unwilling to say no? The answer is no. You know it's no. I know it's no. Everyone in this, in this hearing room knows it's no. You're not willing to answer a question. Have you brought a case under this statute, yes or no? As far as I know, we haven't, and what we have done is defended the lives of the justices with so the 70 decide, U.S. Marshals. How do you decide which criminal statutes the, the DOJ enforces and which one it doesn't? The United States Marshals know that they have full okay, you, I recognize you want to give a separate speech. No, I don't want to How give a... do you decide which statutes you enforce and which ones you don't? The Marshals on scene make that determination. There you go. There you go. He just said the quiet part out loud. Oh, the Marshals on the scene decide whether we're going to arrest anybody. See, he can say, well, the Marshals haven't recommended that we prosecute. Yeah, because you told them not to arrest anybody. Got my first look last night at the inside of Springfield High School. Beautiful building. I was there years ago. (laughs) I dare not tell you how many years ago. Back when it was North High School. And I was a high school athlete. And I thought it'd be the same gym. Nope, different. Beautiful school. Great job, Springfield. Way to go. I'll be at Vandalia Butler High School tonight. And that's a beautiful facility as well. If you see me come up and say hello, I always appreciate talking with you. Uh, We'll have a much more pleasant conversation. Uh, than uh, Merrick Garland had yesterday in Congress with Ted Cruz. And we will have a much more pleasant conversation than uh, Marty McCarry had yesterday with uh, the Congress people that he was talking to about how the medical profession and public health performed in our country during COVID. Now that we have a long view of COVID, Marty McCarry, who was one of the first people to say, hey, we're doing this wrong, Uh, Well, now he can make some more definitive pronouncements about what we did wrong and, hmm, unfortunately, why we did it wrong. The greatest perpetrator of misinformation during the pandemic has been the United States government. Misinformation that COVID was spread through surface transmission, that vaccinated immunity was far greater than natural immunity, 
that masks were effective. Now we have the definitive Cochrane review. What do you do with that review? Cochrane is the most authoritative evidence body in all of medicine and has been for decades. Do you just ignore it, not talk about it? That myocarditis was more common after the infection than the vaccine. Not true. It's four to 28 times more common after the the vaccine. That young people benefit from a booster. Misinformation. Our two top experts on vaccines quit the FDA in protest over this particular issue, pushing boosters in young, healthy people. The data was never there. That's why the CDC never disclosed hospitalization rates among boosted Americans under age 50. The vaccine mandates would increase vaccination rates. The George uh, Mason University study shows it didn't. It did one thing. It created never-vaxxers who are now not getting the childhood vaccines they need to get. Over and over again, we've seen something that goes far beyond using your best judgment with the information at hand. We've seen something which is unforgivable, and that is the weaponization of medical research itself. The CDC putting out their own shoddy studies, like their own study on natural immunity, looking at one state for two months, when they had data for years on all 50 states. Why did they only report that one sliver of data? Why did they salami slice the giant database? Because it gave them the result they wanted. Same with masking study. Well, the data has now caught up in giant systematic reviews, and the public health officials were intellectually dishonest. They lied to the American people. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for saying what it is. Not that they were intellectually dishonest, but that they lied. Now, the consequences of this I've talked before seep over into other non-COVID matters. We are now predisposed to not believe what people in positions of authority tell us. Remember the scene that I shared with you from the East Palestine train derailment where Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff, the head of Ohio Public Health, was in the gymnasium? And I think he's speaking truthfully when he says, you know, hey, the the air's fine, the water's fine, we've tested it. By whatever methods he puts value in, he feels like it was okay to go back home. But that's not the vibe that he was getting back. He was telling people in the crowd, assuring them everything's fine, and he wasn't feeling them receiving what he was saying in the way that he was saying it. And he finally, in desperation, said, what else can I do to help you understand the results of these tests? And somebody in the crowd yelled, stop lying to us. And you could see on his face, like, how do I, under, how do I make them understand that I'm not lying? Well, you're going to have to go way back before the East Palestine train derailment, my friend. You're going to have to go way back to when you told everybody to wear masks. And they knew it was nonsense, that there was no protection. At a height in a restaurant where you were walking to a bathroom, you had to have a mask on. But when you sat down to eat, you didn't. And then when people protested that, you said, ah, science. No, it's not science. Now, where else are we seeing it now? Oh, interesting. Here's a report from a New York television station. You know what they're having problems with in New York? They're having trouble with crime. Yeah, well, they've had problems with crime for a while. No, they're having a different problem with crime now. They're having a problem with crime because they can't solve crimes. And why can't they solve crimes as much as they used to solve crimes? Hmm, They're finding out that store security video is not as useful in the solving of crimes. Why would that be? Hmm, Here's the report. Top owners in New York City tonight finding themselves in something of a tough conundrum. 
cops, asking them to urge customers not to wear COVID masks inside the stores like they've done for three years. If there's a robbery, and there are many these days, surveillance cameras could record the faces. Well, many owners worried they'd face confrontations with customers if they did that. But how else to help fight crime? Here's Alvin News reporter Anthony Carlo. Shop at your own risk, says Norma Jean. They have to try to do something to try to bring the crime down because it's out of control. I don't remember it being this bolded in your face. It doesn't get much more bold than this robbery at Diamond Collect in Flushing on February 22nd. Exclusive video showing the suspects casing the joint before ambushing and beating a 79-year-old female employee. 79. Police say they're having trouble identifying suspects who target stores because they're wearing masks. Hmm. Now urging store owners to be proactive in the crime-fighting effort. We're asking the businesses to make this a condition of entry that people, when they come in, they should show their face. That's the New York police chief at the end. Begging business owners to make it a condition of entry that people take their masks off. Now, you know what? It used to be a condition of entry that you couldn't walk into a jewelry store with a mask on. You know why? Because, oh, gee, somebody's wearing a mask. They're probably going to come in here and try to steal something because they are already concealing their identity. But see, once COVID hit and you had to wear a mask or what, you wanted to kill grandma. You didn't care about other people because you weren't wearing a mask. Now, it's become a supposedly good thing, a compassionate thing, a care about society thing to wear a mask. Oh, you mean mean people, mean bad people who like to rob other people would bogart something that was intended for good and use it for evil? Shocker, right? How much fraud did we have with COVID relief? And Ohio's unemployment system paying out millions and billions of dollars to people who took something that was intended for good and bent it to their own evil purposes. Even now in New York City, you're looked upon, they said it, shop owners are afraid people won't come in and shop if they tell people not to wear a mask in their store. So you have your choice, New York consumers. You can go into a store and shop and feel super, super safe wearing a mask that does absolutely nothing to keep you from getting COVID or whatever other cooties you're afraid of. Or you can go in there with other people who are wearing a mask who are wearing a mask not because they're afraid of getting sick, but because they want to steal your stuff and beat you up even though you're 79 years of age. But at least they won't give me COVID. This is what we've wrought with these decisions, these lies by the people in power.